Hi everyone, welcome back to the CSM Cultivate Youth Podcast. My name is Jeremy. I am the youth director here at Calvary Student Ministries, or CSM as we like to call it. And I am coming back. We missed last week um, due to some medical reasons on my behalf. So I apologize, but I did want to bring you guys chapter 4. I feel like chapter 4 of James is one of the most important. Um, There's just something about it that can really help you connect better with God. And it starts off with the first, like, half, I'd say. It's a little bit more than a half, but, like, the first chunk of James chapter 4 is about submitting yourself to God. So, let's just go right ahead and dive right in. Verse 1 says, What causes fights and quarrels? Or, if you don't know what quarrels is, kind of like heated argument or like a disagreement that you might have. So, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't think come from your desires that battle within you. And James is challenging you to look at the inside of your life. The part that no one sees, but that eats you inside and causes maybe some anxiety, some depression, or maybe even just something that rumbles in your mind. He is saying that they come from your own desires. So, for example... My, if you guys don't know me, I love the Detroit Tigers. That's just that's just a thing. I know, crazy. So, um, I I have a crazy love for the Tigers, and I appreciate them, and that's kind of like my thing that I turn to. But if you guys don't know anything about the Detroit Tigers, the last six seasons is they have not been good, <laughs> and it has really just let me down, and has kind of just made me feel feel down in, in the dumps, but, you know, these are just desires of this world. You know, God did not create the sport of baseball. Humans did. So, let's just keep looking, and I'll be able to explain more after we read the second verse. So, let's go ahead and read the second verse. You desire, but not have, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not do not ask God. Whoa. James is going right out there and saying, because we desire things of this world, we kill. Now, let me go ahead and tell you, of course, this was back in the early days of the after-death period, which is what we're living in now but more of like the early times after Jesus had ascended into heaven. So we actually do not know if someone killed somebody, but the point is because we do not get our way, we throw a fit. So like I said, I'm going to use my love for the Tigers often in this chapter because I feel like, you know, the Tigers have not done well, not just this year, but in years past. So um, I'm not, I'm not going to go out and kill people because the Tigers are doing bad. That's, that's not what's going to happen. Does it make me upset? Sure. But I'm not going to go out and kill people just because I get upset at the Tigers losing. I, I do get upset when I see the final score at the end of the night, but I'm not going to go out there and flag somebody down and say, Ugh, the Tigers lost. I don't like you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> no, that's, that's not what goes on. So, it just puts me in a bad mood and further away from what God wants me to do. 
James also says that if we ask God, we will receive. Now, again, that doesn't mean we pray for the Tigers to win a World Series, although that would be nice. But I would love to see it, sure. But it is a game made up by humans, like I said, and not created by God. So in the grand scheme of it all, it's really not a big deal. We don't want earthly possessions to control our lives. So what is, you know, what is a big deal? Sorry. What is a big deal is something like my health. I have prayed for God to give me good health, and to a certain extent, he has. You might be saying, but Jeremy, you have diabetes, MS, celiac. Yes, I know. I know what I have. But why would you think that you are a healthy person? Now, of course, when you look at it, it might not be the case. I do have some things wrong with me, but that doesn't mean I can't move past it. I would say to you that asked that question, fair point, but I haven't had to struggle a lot with these things. Have I had to struggle with times of need? I have ended up in the hospital because of these things, sure. But because of it, I have had really good health. I am, you know, in my mid-20s and living pretty good. God has always provided a way for me to live a life like a normal person who doesn't have all all these medical conditions. James is saying, ask God and he will give you the wisdom for what is next. Let's go on to verse 3, where it says, When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Again, so I I spent a lot of time on verse 2, but this is just, again, James talking more about what you are asking God for. Are you going to be praying that the Tigers or any other sports teams win the, wins the championship this year? Or are you asking something with good motives? Something like good health, like are you praying that he comes closer to you? Do you pray that the door will be open to you? Vice versa, anything that includes good motives. Chapter 4 says, you, adult- you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means anemone against God. Big word. I'll explain it later. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. (laughs) James is stepping on some toes here in this one. James calls his readers adulterous people. Well, let's step back and see. Let's take a look at what this means. He's equating the sin of the world to adultery, meaning that he looks at his readers as people who sleep with another woman. It's kind of weird. Or a man, if, you know, you look at it that way. It's kind of weird. Well, not exactly. Let's let's dive in a little bit further. He then says that friendship with the world means anemone or opposing against God. The world will try and make you do some things that doesn't seem morally right which takes you away from what Jesus has for you. Then he is very clear towards the end of the verse, saying you will become an enemy of God if you are a friend of the world, which is insane. So I don't know about you, 
but I have seen what God can do, and I don't want to make enemies with him. So just think about that. Verse 5 says, Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? Now, there are two ways to kind of view this verse. So first is James may mean that the Old Testament says God is jealous for the spirit, both our spirit and his Holy Spirit, which he has caused to to live within us. And if this is the case, James does not seem to be making a direct quote. But previewing a direct quote he will use in the next verse. But the other, the second possibility is that James means that the Spirit of God has caused to, has caused to live in us as our human spirit as we tend to become intensely envious. It, it's a little confusing, and it's one of those verses that, you know, you'll have to kind of depict that for yourself. But looking at the next verse, he says, But he gives us more grace. Hmm. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Let's tear this down for a bit. So first he says that he, God, gives us more grace. So I know I have talked about grace before, but what is grace? That's a good answer. I appreciate that. But grace means that God is willing to forgive us and bless us despite the fact that we are fall that we fall short of living righteously. Grace means that God is willing to forgive us and bless us despite the fact that we fall short. Hmm. Grace is the power of forgiving and showing love. We can dive deeper into this another time and we will cuz this is a very important verse, but let's move on to the second part of this verse where James says, God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. James is challenging us to live a humble life, and God will bless that. We come to verse 7, and this is one that I will expand upon towards the later part of this podcast, but it says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. This verse is plain and simple. One, give your life to God. Two, resist the devil. It's pretty easy. But again, a lot easier said than done. I want to talk about this more um, at the end, so let's move on, and we will come back to this. But remember verse 7, we'll come back. Verse 8 says, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded. So, James here is saying that the closer you are to God, he will equal that. Have you ever felt really close to the Lord during Bible reading time? Maybe during prayer? Or maybe even for those who have experienced Hiawatha? Maybe camp is where you feel closest to God. James says... That God will come near to you if you are near to him. 
So if you're, let's put this into another example. So if you are in a spot where you have a choice to honor God or, you know, trust the world and what the world says, if you choose the world, you're going to be farther away from God. If you choose to lean into God, he's going to equal what you're doing and move closer to you so that you feel God closer in everything that you do. He then says to wash our hands, sinners, and clean our hearts of what this world has done to us. This world is messed up. There's a lot of stuff that we as humans have not done very well, and I think it's up to us. Jesus came and showed us what it means to live that life, and I think it's up to us to be able to like James says, wash our hands because we need to purify our hearts so that we can regain our relationship with God again. Now, verse 9 gets a little uh, stepping on your toes. <laughs> so, verse 9 says, Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. <laughs> You're probably saying, why is this even in the Bible? <laughs> this This... Why is this encouraging? There's nothing encouraging about this. It, it might sound rough, but what James is trying to do here is he's teaching us to repent. We need to do these things in order to do, in order to repent and to do what is in this next verse, which is verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. He tells us to humble ourselves and he, God, will lift us up. Being humble is not being arrogant or being conceited or thinking that you are the best in the world, but knowing that you realize it's not all about you. That is what humbleness is. The love of Christ is shown through humility, and when humility is at the forefront of our minds, love not only follows, but James says that God will lift you up. That is encouraging. And it just really explains how important humility is in our lives. Let's keep moving, and I can explain this a little bit further on too. Verse 11 says, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Lots of judgment. <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're trying to say judgment 10 times fast, it's not probably going to work. But I, I encourage you, and you can come talk to me if you want to do that. So um, I know I wouldn't be able to, so I'm not going to try. But James starts out this verse by saying to not slander or, you know, making false judgments on someone to one another. Basically like a gossip almost, but like tearing that person down. Basically, James is saying to, to just not be the judge. It's not your right to judge, and it is not, it's just not a right to judge. So, James is trying to tell us that Jesus and God, God is the only one that can truly judge. And that's not, that's not our job. Our job is to show love. Jesus told us um, to love one another. And how can we love one another when we're judging constantly about what the other person is doing? It's not our place. But let's move on. 
Verse 12 says, There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Again, James is reminding us that God is the only true judge, and we are not to judge our neighbor. So that's kind of like the first little chunk of this of this chapter. So let's move on to um, the second second part, uh, which can be taken as, or like the title, I guess you can put it as, is boasting about tomorrow. So in this part of this chapter, James is talking about James is talking about the what will happen tomorrow, and how we boast in that fact. So, verse thirteen says, "Now listen, you who say." Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, and carry on a business and make money. This is another earthly issue that James is bringing up. We tend to focus too much on finances, and James is saying that we look to what we can do next without asking the Lord for assistance like he stated above. Verse 14 says, Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Hmm. Okay, James. My toes are kind of broken at the moment (laughs) from you stepping on them. But James hits us hard here. And unfortunately, it is very logical. I want to talk about that. Um, I'm sure some of you guys have heard this story before, or this analogy, but I'm going to tell it again because it is, I feel like this is the right place to say it. So picture a rope. I'm holding a rope, and if you stick out like your hand, so stick your hand out, flip it over so you're looking at the back side of your hand, and use your index and thumb, fing- well, index finger and your thumb, and just make about an inch put that inch on the front of the rope. That's your life on earth. When you look at the actual rope, it's going out into another room around the building and it's it just never stops. It goes on and on and on. Sometimes this can be scary. I get it. But when you think about it, James James is right. You are a mist that appears for a little while, and then you vanish. What are you guys going to do with your lives here? James wants you to live your life to the full, and he knows the only way that you can do that is through God. Let's move on. Verse Verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Again, easier said than done, James. But, as hard as it is to give your life over to someone, that's that's kind of what James is, ta- James is saying. It's hard because we're losing control. When we lose control, our mind and our anxiety tells us, this is not good. This is not what needs to be happening. But, James is saying... The Lord knows what's best for you. And he won't, he won't let you down. No matter what happens, you give your life to him and you trust him, it's not going to fail. 
Verse 16 says, As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. So when we boast, James tells us that that, that is evil. But now look at this carefully because it might sound like we should not be proud because that is caused by evil. But that's not the case. Looking closely at the second part of the verse, I want you to look where it says all such boasting is evil and underline such. I, I capitalized it and highlighted it because that is the deciding word in this verse. All such boasting is evil. He's not saying all boasting is evil. Such is, there's, like when you're um, boasting about arrogant things, that is the such boasting that James is talking about. Not all boasting is bad. It is okay to be proud at times. Like if you get an A on your test, heck yeah, like be happy about that. Like that's awesome. And I'm sure that there's other people that would be happy with you. It's when you start boasting about worldly issues. Like if you're going too far as to like boasting about like, hey, like I just got this new job. (laughs) Ha ha, you didn't. Like, I'm doing better than you. That's kind of what James is saying. But let's let's move on to the last verse that says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So James finishes out this chapter by saying, We know what is right from wrong, and we have that choice. If we choose to do what is wrong, it's sin. And you're moving farther away from what God has for you and your relationship with him. But you have that opportunity. I said that I wanted to talk about verse 7 again. And it kind of goes hand in hand with what James said in the last verse. But it says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Are you resisting the devil? I want that to be a question that you guys think about. James tells us that we need to submit our lives to God. And if we're following what the world has for us, we're not doing that. We're counting it as sin. And we're getting farther away from God. And that's not good. I want to be here to help you guys. This is not just a a Bible series that we're just looking and saying like, oh, James is really cool. Like it fits the summer profile of five weeks and then we'll be back and CSM is good to go. That's just, that's not the case, guys. James has really good intentions, which is why he wrote this letter to the early churches. But he says to resist the devil. You guys know what the best way to resist the devil is? Giving your life up. Loosen control. God has your back. And James is telling you this. So, wherever you guys are right now, if this is the first time you're hearing this, I want to give you guys an opportunity to submit your life to God. 
And this can be said in a multitude of different ways, but all that needs to be said is, God, I know that you're real. I know you sent your son down to this earth to die on on that cross. And I believe that. Jesus came to save us. And Jesus is going to come back again. He rose from the dead and is alive in us today. And, Lord, I want to resist what the devil has for us. What the devil has for me. And if you said that prayer, you're moving in the right direction. This is when we would consider you and would like to welcome you to the family of Christ. If you did do that, I would be really encouraged to hear that. And maybe just shoot me an email. I'll leave it in the description. Um, but any questions you guys might have, shoot me an email. I'd love to answer some questions and to dive deeper into this. But as we wrap up this podcast, just remember, God is, God is with you. And you need to resist the devil. Once you do that, God has you from there. But anyway, thanks so much, guys. And I appreciate you guys listening. Be on the lookout. Um, as of right now, it is August 17th, and we will be having CSM starting back up here actually in a couple weeks. So we're really excited about that. And, yeah, we're just looking forward to it. Be on the lookout. We will have, um, Lord willing... I, I do get my next infusion on Monday, so I'm hoping I will be okay by next Wednesday to do another podcast. But um, if not, we will do it, and we will get you guys Chapter 5 next and soon. So thank you so much. Hope you guys are having a great summer, and we will see you guys soon. Bye.